When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years, with a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, see why 2000 through 2021 sales. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Monday, uh, after a weekend where Everton just about squeaked the result against uh, a pretty bad Fulham team, but it's another way and it ends a three-game defeat run or something. Um, and yeah, <laughs> the third game in the row in the capital, which we haven't done since 1987. Matt, now the dust settled on that, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the game? Do you know what? I think Adam Shelton summed it up so well yesterday after the game and it's borne yeah. out to be true that it's going to be one of those wins that you feel better and better about as the day goes on and as the week goes on because I think it was a really weird post-match yesterday because I was, I was happy and I was thinking I've got the rest of my Sunday here I can watch the other games this red zone on the telly and have a nice tea and Everton have won already and it's sorted so I was quite happy but I think that the rest of the lads were, were quite glum initially and I just think it was that second half, wasn't it? You know, it's. Yeah. And if, I think it was it was more disappointing. You know, if, if we'd played poorly, that poorly old game and won, I think it's one of them where you sort of like, yes, you know, we don't, you know, managed to get dead lucky there. But it was just the fact that we we played so well in the first half. It's like this is what this team's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And I said to Dave this morning, I think in that first half, I think certainly the attacking players, it was like all of them were the best version of themselves. Yeah, definitely. You know, like Rodriguez was picking the ball up on the edge of the box, spraying intricate passes around. Dom was right place at the right time. Richardson was driving forward. And when you see that, you think this is really functioning well. And for it to all sort of unravel in the second half a little bit was, was horrible, wasn't it? But I think, yeah. I think that the anger and the frustration was more due to the fact that we played so well in the first half. And then the second half, everyone was sort of like, well, where did that go? Yeah, I... I think there's no really bad way to win a game, but if you're going to pick a bad way to win a game, it's to be leathering a team in the first half, going with a two-goal cushion, and then be clinging on for the entire second half, it felt like. So 
it's sort of like because we were so in control, as you say, it was like, well, let's do this to them again in the second half. And we just never. The warning signs were there, obviously, with their first goal. Um, I think it was a bit of a bit of a mix-up with Decore and Mina. They both sort of lost the runner. Um, I also think Pickford was a bit slow off his line, which could have a lot to do with the stick he's taken over, you know, over Van Dijk, because that's always going to be in his mind now. He kind mm. of to the edge of the six-yard box and then stopped himself where normally he may have come out and got a better block on that. So I think that's something to bear in mind. Well, that, you know, that could be affecting him to the point where he's not making the saves he might normally have saved. Um, but yeah, the, the, the first half, as you say, we were brilliant. But then just go on to the negatives and then we'll go on to the positives to end it a bit nicer. Um, do you think that, come, that came from the manager in the second half? Because the two performances were completely different. And instead of really like going for it in the second half and trying to stick uh, four or five past them, like we did against West Brom, to be honest. And we did to a degree against Brighton, although I think we took our foot off a bit in that game. Do you reckon he went out and said, right, just keep what we've got here? Or Do, do you know what? I think not, not initially, no. I don't, I don't think at our time the message would have been go out and sit deep. I think it would have been keep doing what you're doing. But that doesn't always happen, does it? Sometimes it just doesn't no. work. You know, the opposition reacts to, to how you're playing as well. You know, Scott Parker's not going to go in and say, do the same thing you were doing there, lads. Just let Everton play around. You know, they're, they're going to try something different. Yeah. They they try to disrupt us a little bit. And whatever they did clearly worked. But I think for me, probably when they have that penalty miss and then they score, I think that's when he thinks enough's enough now, Carlo Angelotti. You know, I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to kill this game dead. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, he did that, didn't he? I think there was that mad minute after they scored their second, where it was bouncing around the, our box for a bit and. You think, oh no, we're going to completely capitulate here. But, but after that, really, although we didn't play well, we didn't look like conceding. Mm. And I've, I've, I've said this. I've said this on the show this morning with Dave on Blue and Breakfast, and I think I said it yesterday as well. I think this is just something we're going to have to live with when it comes to Carlo. I think I I, I think that in any away game, if we have one goal ahead and we're not playing free flow and stuff then he's going to be prepared for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, half an hour sometimes to go to say, yeah, we'll sit on this now and take it. Yeah. And that's just that's just the nature of the fella and, and, and how he's going to go about it. I don't know if that's always been the way he's done things and not seen you know, enough of his teams in other clubs and maybe at a lot of other clubs he's not necessarily even in that sort of position because he's had just much better players. But, yeah, you know, I just think that's that's how he's going to go about it and it's going to be horrible at times. But by and large, <laughs> by, by and large he's done it, it's, it's worked, hasn't it? It, it has to be honest, yeah. Um, it's just not good for us, is it? I think because we've been weaned on such a diet of throwing those games completely. I mean, I was convinced that was ending three all at, at best, to be honest. Oh yeah. After that second half, I thought there's no way they don't get a point out of this at least. Um, you say take a draw or a free two. <laughs> I know. Well, we can't get to that point. I mean, we said it was must win, and to be fair, you won. Yeah. And you know, as you say, sort of as Adam said, you can sort of like look back and think, you know what, we got we got to win. That was the main thing. Four points off the top, is it? Something like that, which we all would have taken at this point. Yeah. I just, just to go back to the point about um, killing the game off, the worry for me is that we don't really have the players to do that because although Fulham never really made that many chances in the second half, we never looked in control of that game at all. So even though we were keeping them at bay to a degree, I think that was more down to them than us because some of the passes we were hitting straight couldn't get out of our half for parts of that second half. And it, I think if you're going to shut a game down like that, you need to be in control. The way we were at the end of the first half, basically. 
when we were just knocking it round. And then if a chance opened up, we'd have a go. But we were quite happy to keep the ball. We weren't really doing that. We were hacking it clear, and there seemed to be a lot of panic. Yeah, we didn't have an outlet, did we? Really, no. I think. I think you know, Richarlison was getting tired. Hamez was was out of the game, second half completely, and. And then when you take them two off, it's like, well, yeah. you know, Guilty Singh is not going to, uh, well, I'm not even going to speak about him today. <laughs> um, Tom Davis did well, to be fair, but he's not going to yeah. run into the channels, is he? You know, win free kicks, you know. I was, I was saying yesterday, I think like someone like Walcott would have been ideal, I think, for that for that sort of game. Just get up up, up and down the line. You can knock it into the corner for him to sprint onto and, it, you know, you might buy you something. But he just gives you that, you know, it's like a valve, isn't it, from all the pressure. It just gives yeah. you like that, that, that breath and, and Dom did it pretty well at times, but yeah, it's. I think you're right. We haven't really got the the players to to sit in and and, and counter attack. Really, I think we need to be on the front foot to be at our best. But mm. you know, it's. I think it's it's a product of having only you know seen Paddy's piece before the Athletic saying that they only had two days to prepare for this game, and as a result, you know, not only did they have players coming back from international duty and they didn't have much time to play for it, they played in an entirely new system as well. So. Mm. You know, there's always going to be little things that, that happen and little jinks in the armour in that sense. But you're right, there's, there's no excuse for some of the passing that we played in, in, in that second half. And you know, just, just unable to get our best attacking players on the ball. And yeah, it was just like it's, the game sort of just went into a bit of a stalemate, didn't it? In the last 20 minutes where they had the ball, but weren't good enough to do anything with it, really. And we, yeah. and then when we got it, we weren't good enough to create it. So it was just sort of played in this mad midfield purgatory wasn't it for, for 20 minutes it was horrible it was absolutely horrible that second half especially the last bit just to pick up on that there about the players only having two games days to prepare for it because of the internationals just then um, quickly talk about what Klopp was saying about the TV scheduling now mm. I I don't think that's the issue so much I think the issue is that we're playing so many international games and international friendlies you know these players have, they're playing a truncated season as it is they've had no pre-season if they did jib the internationals at least for a bit or put them somewhere later in the season, we've had two weeks rest now, two full weeks of rest where those internationals were. And I think that's a big problem. I think when you've got players travelling all the way around the world, um, you increase COVID risk because they're going to players from different countries, different bubbles or whatever. It just it just seems ridiculous, doesn't it? And then to come back and have, you know, two days preparation for the game and then you know you're back into it next week, it's it's too much football. I just, I just feel like I feel like this has been the case. I've seen your you were having a chat with Carver on Twitter about today, where you know, you've seen some of that. But it just feels as though everyone just needs to be a bit more like every governing body, you know, FIFA, UEFA, the Premier League, the FA, whatever, needs to just be more open and helping each other out. It, it seems as though you know you'd imagine that none of them have got any you know each other's phone numbers in the phone because it's like it just seems to be like we're, we're going to do what's best for us. Um, and everyone else is going to have to deal with it. And I think, you know, I sort of got where he was coming from. I understand why he was pissed off, albeit, you know, their, their situation and the squad they've got is not going to affect them as much as there's a lot of other teams, even even some of the sides in Europe. But it just feels like more communications needed on this to yeah. help it. And like you said, it's it's a unique season. There's different circumstances and, and that that in turn will affect the contracts that have been drawn up. But we'll just have a, you know, the FA, have a chat with, UEFA, the Premier League, have a chat with FIFA or something like that and try and, try and sort something else. Yeah, it, it trickles down on a FIFA one, their competition, because they see that as the most important thing. Then UEFA see their competition, so you're still getting Champions League and Europa League games, which is a bit daft in itself as well, travelling to other countries where no one else can. 
and then that trickles down to the Premier League and then the Football League and it's like yeah none of them are talking because they're all like well our competition's important so this is what we're doing yeah and but you, you, you what, better with the players and, and people watching the game as well yeah and there, there is obviously a sense of because they've had a bit of an injury a few injuries that all of a sudden it becomes a big you know Leicester where they played yesterday have had their entire back four out and yeah. the best of midfielder out for weeks and weeks and nothing, nothing's really been made of this and it's only when it starts, you know, this, it was the same case with the Pickford thing, wasn't it? It's only when it starts happening to one of the, the elite sides that it becomes a, a major story and everyone's got to have a say on it. But, you know, this this sort of thing's been going on for years. Schedules have been horrendous for years for players and fans. Um, oh, that's it, yeah. But now it's being dragged under the line, mate, obviously. Hopefully something positive can come, come out of it. And, you know, we can get better scheduling and results of the league, better football. And obviously with fans especially coming back into stadiums soon, better kick-off times for fans that, that, that aren't ridiculous. But, um it's certainly not a new issue, is it, by any means? No. I, I honestly think it could go the other way, though, no, and we will get quarter past seven Sunday night games on the regular, sort mm. of eight of Friday night, Saturday night games. I think, I the, think this has been opened on that one a bit now. Well, I suppose that the, the, the thing is, people are going to have to play matches at some point. And if you want to fit games in at, at times which suit everybody, then people might have to play at mad times sometimes because it's like, well... This team doesn't want to play at this time because they've got a game on day X. And this team doesn't want to play on that oh, day yeah. because they've got a game on day X. So I'll just sort it. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it at 8 o'clock on a Sunday or 10 yeah. in the morning yeah. on Saturday or something like that. That's fine when there's no one going to the game. That, that's, that's all right because I quite, I quite like the way you have like five games on the Sunday and you can watch it all day. Yeah, yeah. Just when people are going the game, I will not want to be going, wanting to go a game on quarter past seven on a Sunday night. Uh, uh, do you want got some comments? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Steve Richardson, double celebrate, 62 yesterday. Good worms hanging on at the end. Impressed with a rugby down the right-hand side. Happy birthday, mate, 62. Still watching the Toffees. Uh, Neil H has said, hello, lads. That second half was dreadful, but going into the game for me, it was all about getting the three points. A good performance would have been a bonus. That's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and player one has said, just scrap the point with international friendly. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that takes, yeah, that takes an extra game off, at least, doesn't it? On the no positive. disagreements whatsoever. Onto the positives of the game then. Uh, yes. What we played in that first half was unreal, wasn't it? The two, the two goals. I mean, even the first goal as well. You know, Richarlison back 54 seconds in and he set a goal. Yeah. Basically, yeah. His tenacity and his, you know, his ability to get straight into the box. Yeah. That, that, that is, again, the sort of goal that if one of the, you know, if, if a pressing team scores that, that everyone's going, oh, look at, look at the, how high up they are and how hungry they are to win the ball there. But obviously, because yeah. it was us, it was sort of like, oh, well, Fulham really made a massive error there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the ball back. But um, no, it's, it's what you'd expect from Richarlison, isn't it? You know, setting the tempo straight away, getting into the box. Uh, great start. But yeah, you know, I think that the second and third goal are just going to be what an Everton goal looks like for large parts of the season when we're playing well. I think it's yeah. going to be Hammers finding space in central areas, Nukadine raiding down the left hand side and putting good balls into the box for Carver Lewin, Richarlison, or Decore to get on the end of. I've, I've been saying for weeks, I've been picking him to score yeah. weeks, haven't I, as well? And yeah. last time I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, I forgot uh, to ask him on Sunday, didn't I? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I would have said him. Predictions? I would have said him, honestly. Um, <laughs> But no, you know, it's, it's nice to have that. I think it's good to know that you've, you've got a way home in matches, isn't it? That, that yeah. there are certain things you can do with the ball and players that can put passes together that it's hard for other teams to stop. And, you know, Rodriguez didn't have his best game yesterday, but Everton's best spell in the entire football match with the 20 minutes when he got on the ball and started dictating things. And 
I don't know if he's not fully fit or, or not playing well, but if if he can get back to those levels earlier in the campaign where he was playing well for 45 minutes, 60 minutes of a football match, then then we're going to score a lot of goals this season because he, he just makes everything around him tick. Yeah. And, you know, Wobie as well, to be fair, mate, just you know, getting up and down that right-hand side, driving into the box, just doing simple things really well, getting the ball at your feet, put crossing into the box because we've got some great headers of the ball in the area and he, he looked really good doing it. Do you reckon that could be a long-term thing for him? I'm, I'm hesitant to say yes, to be honest. Yeah. But it's, it, it seems like it was a sort of needs must thing, doesn't it? Do so, you know what? They make me fall into this trap all the time, don't we, with these players? Yeah. You know, it, I remember against Norwich after lockdown, he had a great game, and we were all like, is, is this it for a Wobie? And then I think the next match he played, he got dragged off at half time because he stunk the gaff out. Mm. And we've, yeah, done we, it with, we've done it with Sigurdsson, we've done it with Delft, we've done it with Bernard, we've done it with Yerry Mina at times as well. And and ultimately, they, re- they revert to the norm, which for them is just inconsistency. So, he's, if he's going to play there, he's, he needs to be given five games and he needs to play well for five games in, in that position because, you know, it's. I, I, I think Awobi's the one I feel a bit sorry for because he's, he's just been, you know, hauled around the team, hasn't he? He's played in so many different yeah. positions in, in his short Everton career and not often in the position he'd say he's best. So, if he's going to be. You know, Seamus Coleman's going to be out for a few weeks. Why not? Why not give him a chance? Um, but we have, you know, regardless of who plays right wing back, maybe we need to reconfigure those centre halves because they, they were great. And I know we're moving on from the, the negatives. Yeah, um, but but it won't no, be it's, class, yeah. Yeah, it's a fair shout though because you know we can't keep conceding two goals a game. Yeah. We're genuinely not going to get anywhere doing that. You know, there's only so many times you cannot score a side. Um, so that definitely needs addressing. And I think if a Wobi is going to be there again, it's going to have to be three at the back. Because I can't see him playing like an out-and-out right-back, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. I think that will be pushed in a bit too much, yeah. Yeah. But, um... With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. I'm a veterinarian, sure. But I'm way more than that. I am also a tango dancer a struggling but determined pie maker, and a mom. With IndieVets, I get to choose when and where I work. I create my own schedule and choose shifts at nearby animal hospitals that are right for me. Having that flexibility is exactly what I need to have plenty of time for all those other things that I am. Because I'm more than just a vet. Visit IndieVets.com to learn more and apply. We'll move on to the DCL fan club. Because you're getting your money's worth out of this this season, mate. Tell you what, I wish I, I wish I had started a um, <laughs> actual actual f- funding. Yeah, yeah, he's been outstanding, hasn't he? It's, yeah, it, it's not the first goal was like he was just in the right place at the right time. Not nothing more, nothing less than that. Hmm. And off his shin, it was just like that's that, that's what we wanted from him, wasn't it? And he, he's added that to his game. I think you said he, he's obviously worked hard on every aspect of his game now because he's into those positions. And scoring those scrappy, horrible goals. Yeah, he's, it's almost like we're taking it for granted now, aren't we? Yeah. And I think the, the thing about it for me now is that it's he's making it look really easy to get in those positions. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's just he's got more confidence in the service and stuff like that, but every game he seems to just be in, in that, that area to just convert across or convert a header, uh, to convert with his head even, and or just pick up the scraps. And it's... It is so encouraging, and the, the encouraging thing for me 
in, in that is not just that he's making it look easy, but it, it sort of gives me more belief that this isn't just a, you know, it's not really a purple patch now, is it? He's been doing this for nearly a year. But yeah. it makes me think that this lad's going to just keep scoring goals now, even if he's not playing well and he misses a few chances because he's constantly getting into those positions. Mm. And, you know, some of the best strikers in, in the world miss loads of chances, but they score loads of goals because they keep getting themselves in that area. You know, I, I think of Cavani when he was at his best at PSG. And that lad used to miss about three or four clear-cut chances every game. But yeah. he'd continue getting into those areas. He'd continue getting his head on things and shooting and working, working his bollocks off. And he'd finish the game with a goal pretty much every week when he was in his best. And, and that's sort of where Dom is now. But he's obviously the service isn't quite as good as what Cavani would have had at PSG regularly. But he's getting in those positions. And he's you know, that second one's not an easy finish. No, not at all. Like it's properly fizzed in at him. He's got to divert his foot. He's got to hold on to the defender. It's, it's a really good finish. And... I've said this on both the shows we've done since, but I, I just loved that he converted that offside one as well with his left foot. Yeah, that was lovely goal, that wasn't it? Because like even that would give, would, give, would give him confidence, wouldn't it? It would have been like, yeah. well, I was offside there, but that wasn't an easy finish. But I've just took that away in the corner with me weaker yeah. foot. I always think about goals like that. So you know when like a player gets flagged offside and you do like a little chip back towards the goal, like uh, sort of half lost. I always think they should finish that because the optics yeah. are it's gone in and you finished it. So. You, you're automatically at least psychologically get a little one up on the keeper or whatever. So yeah, I was made up he finished that as well. He's a uh, he's, he's the fastest player to get to ten goals this season. He's the only one in Europe's top five leagues to get to ten goals without penalties. Yeah. Um, and the the players he's sort of on a par with now, players to get to ten goals in ten games or something in the Premier League, the likes of Aguero and Kane. So he's properly up there, isn't he? he he's you know he's he, and there's no reason to think he can't keep this up. It's also, it does remind me, and I know we can get ahead of ourselves in this, but when Harry Kane broke through, he was almost expecting him to be like, well, his goal streak's going to end anytime soon now. Or he won't do it next season. We've done two seasons. He won't do it for three. It kind of feels like he could do that because he's pretty much got everything to his game now. He even tried a mad long-range effort, which wasn't very good, but <laughs> the fact that he had the confidence to do it showed where his head's at at the minute. Yeah, he just... He, he just I wouldn't want to put any kind of ceiling on his game. Because he's no. just every year he's got better. Like literally every year he's played at Everton, he's had to suffer to his game and got better and better and better. And you know, listen, he's not. We're not sitting here saying he's going to be the next Harry Kane because Kane at the moment is arguably the best. You know, you could you could make a case for him being the best footballer on the planet as as things stand with the way he's playing. So, you know, it's it's not it's not a to say he's not at that level yet, but. You know, certainly the early days of Harry Kane, as you said there, mate, when he was probably more about just scoring goals as opposed to his all-round game, which he's about now. There are there are some some small similarities, and like I said, it's it's not it's not a purple patch. This now we're not looking at it. It's not just these nine games to start the season. We were saying, but yeah, Dom has done well. He did well for long portions of last season yeah. in a team that was wasn't really functioning at all. He had this little poor patch towards the end of last season. And everyone was sort of thinking. I remember after the Bournemouth game, people were saying, get Moise Keane in it to start up front at the start yeah. of next season. Because, you know, he scored against Bournemouth on that last day. And Dom had, had struggled. And it was sort of, even then, people were doubting him. But, you know, he's just, he's just a, he's a, he's a goal machine, isn't he? he he's yeah. a proper goal machine. And you know, we've seen some people saying, could he be as, as good as Rom and stuff like that? Obviously, very different players. But, but at the moment, he's just, he's got a nose for goal. He seems like... He seems hungry for goals. I think. 
Yeah, for me, he's, he's got the thing that Lukaku never had, which is the thing that frustrated me most. That willingness to just make that extra half a yard run, just to gamble on a ball going into the box. And Calvert-Lewin's very much like, he'll gamble on that ball coming in. Sometimes Ron was caught sort of flat-footed. His game was, pick the ball up, run with it, score, hit a long range, you know, something like that. I think Calvert-Lewin's more that six-yard box player than Lukaku was. Which is mad to say, isn't it? When you think like, it is nuts, a, year, yeah. a, a year a year ago, people were people were slating this laugh for saying he's never going to be able to do that. Like, yeah. People would say the reason he's not going to make it is because he doesn't score those little scrappy tappings, and now all he does is score scrappy tappings. I know. Like, well, that's it. So I think I think the the uh, he's had Graham Sharp comparisons, and obviously again, don't want to get ahead of myself on this one. But if you look at Sharp's progression through the team; it, it is kind of similar, where he sort of grew into the role. He just needs to start it in 30-yard volleys at Anfield now and then he's made. Yeah, but there can't have been many Everton strikers that have had the start of the season like this. No, I can't think of any. Ever. Like, you know, even, even Rom with his best four has never, never hit the ground running like this. You know, 10, ten goals and already he's played nine games. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, this isn't a, a completely functional football team, yeah. But just, just on the hunger point, I think, I think when you when you're a young player and you're coming into the side and you're a striker, you can't really say, "I'm going to just play between the width of the goalposts, dear lads." You know, I'm the new I'm the new kid on the block. I'm just going to stay in the middle of the goal. You feed me, yeah. and it's it, it's sort of like now because he's he's been at the club for so long. He's took his knocks. He's had to play right wing back. He's had to run into the channels. He's had to bring other people into the game. It's almost like he's. He's been in, in this job for like four or five years, and he's like, "Well, no, actually, you, you're the one who's going to go and make the, the cups of tea now. I've done this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to sit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to sit here and wait for it. And you know, now we can say, you guys feed me the ball because he's probably one of our longest serving players now, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking like a senior player now, isn't he? Yeah, that, you know, he, he's he is a senior player, but he's, he's playing like one. And mm-hmm. I think. In the past, I've, I always looked at him and thought he loves the battle and he loves to bring other people into the game, you know, and he loves putting the hard yards in and he loves that that adulation that you get from the Gladys Street when you charge a ball into the corner, the defender goes to clear it and you block it and it goes off for a goal kick or a throw and everyone's like, yes, get in. We love a bit of that. And I think I think he fed off that for a while. Yeah. But now it's like, no, nah, goals are his currency now. That, that's what he feels off. And it feels like that switch has, has changed in his head, so... Yeah, absolutely delighted for him, and I think he's going to carry on. I think he can get even better. Yeah, definitely. Just to segue into the final part of the show, then uh, it's just a shame we're not in the ground to see it, isn't it? I know. <laughs> change soon. Who knows? I know. Yeah, well, there's four thousand people apparently, isn't it? From yeah, apparently, if you're in the lowest lockdown area, four thousand. I mean, I don't know how you'd allocate it. Um, I I said before should handpick four thousand people from the park end. The top blues, the, the toppest to full Goodison moaning experience. The toppest blues, it'll be. You know. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the a, who's got a pl- the people who've got a plus in the Twitter name? They'll get they'll get them. <laughs> they're, they're first thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what I feel about it. To be honest, I think I've been in Goodison when there's been eight thousand in there or thereabouts. Bloody awful. It really is grim. Do you know what? I I'd want to go. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just, I think it's, it's just been so long now, and now in some, in some respects, you sort of want your first game back to be full, and like, you know, everyone there together in a great atmosphere. But I'm just sick of watching it on the telly. 
and you know, and I understand why some people wouldn't want to go, and the, the atmosphere would be a bit crap. I mean, it'd be interesting if people who are watching this. Let us know what, what you want to do. Would you go to a, a Goodison Park that's a tenth full? But I don't know. I, I think it'd be quite interesting, and let's see how the players react to sort of hear what they're saying to you know to see how this team's shaping up to watch how much Rodriguez in the flesh and, and all these sorts of things. It'd just be it'd just be nice, you know. I think we, we've all. We've all been pretty much housebound, haven't we? we? Haven't seen anyone. It'd just be a nice break for me. So, as much as it wouldn't be ideal if if someone said, you know, Everton phoned up and said you you're one of the lucky ones that have been picked for this game, there's absolutely no way I'd say no. Nah, I'm staying at home. Well, yeah, I, I suppose having not left this postcode for God knows how long. <laughs> when we did that footy focus thing, it was just nice being at the ground, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just nice going to the ground and being there. So I suppose if it's a match day, I just don't know how they'll allocate it though. So my situation is: there's four of us go, me, and the kids. I get two season tickets. My dad gets two season tickets. Now whether it would end up that my dad and Joe go, or me and Jay go, because they're the season tickets we get, or if we could actually all go together, I don't know. But I wouldn't like to split us up. I don't know how they'd work it. I imagine they do it on like house homes just for me. Because like, you, so you you're in a bubble with the lads, wouldn't you? I'd imagine. Yeah. So I'm sure you'd be able to sit together if you don't. Yeah. Bubble. But I, I mean, I don't want to you know disclose all your personal details here, but I don't know if like you you address <laughs> you like your addresses are the same on the season tickets. So yeah, you all go you all go the same house and that. So I suppose you would want to put them together, I guess. Yeah, and just just tell us what that address and postcode is, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just look for the federal trolleys, mate. Just just a line of trolleys and they get you there. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, it's just I just like to be. I, th- I think like when we spoke about this going back towards, you know, when when did we lock down March and like it got to like May, and we were all saying I wouldn't want to go back to Goodison again unless it was full. That was six months ago now. Like I, you know, I think since then it's sort of been like you know just gradually thought just just get me back. I don't I don't. I don't care if it's a ten full. I just want to be back in in my seat, shouting yeah. at you, Guilfi Sigurdsson. <laughs> what game do you reckon you get? Who have we got left? <laughs> so the, the derby's gone. We still got a lot of the big teams to play at home. Still got Arsenal, City, Chelsea, at home. Spurs, Hell Leicester, yeah. Wolves okay. as well. God, we've got a lot of hard games. Don't we? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Fulham home banker. Fulham at home. Absolute uh, home banker. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I, I'd want to go. You, you can't turn down the chance to see how much of you guys in the flesh, mate. Come on. No, you can't, actually. You can't. It would be a beautiful side, wouldn't it? Yeah. I put. I found... I seen Amazon Prime put a picture up yesterday the last time how much of Craven Cottage and, like, there's just, like, he's just mobbed by Columbia fans. I was like, that, that'll be me when we get back to Goodison, that. Just, <laughs> just running on the pitch and giving him a hug. Like, never, ever leave us, mate. Yeah, there's just be a queue. <laughs> yeah. So we're only here to see him. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we have to socially distance, wouldn't we? Good. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to see how that one plays out anyway. I know. Yeah. The headline is the Toffees have won. They've ended that three-game defeat run, and we're four points off the top. So we can't complain, can we? Yeah, it's it's good. It, it, it's good. Yeah, we, we've had a. I think that win on Sunday makes it a good start to the season again. Yeah, and I think, I think like Rob Vera, bless him, was doing one of his excellent Twitter threads earlier today, and I totally agreed with everything you were saying in regards to, you know, it's easy to fix defensive issues than it is to 
find a way of scoring goals. And, and Everton, are, Everton will score goals, I think, in, yeah. in whatever whatever game they play. If they've got those three forwards on the pitch, it's just about finding that right configuration in midfield and, and in defence. And, and if they do that, then I think they'll be absolutely fine. They're, they're better than the vast majority of teams in this league anyway. Yeah, that's a very good shout. And all, all you've got to do is beat, you know, what? Get the better of 14 other teams, 15 other teams. No, yeah, 14, 13 other teams. And you're right up there, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, uh, into Leeds next week, we'll preview that on what's the score. Or, when is it? It's R5, isn't it? It's on Saturday. Saturday R5, oh, I think. So, we've got Sue Smith coming on on Thursday for that. Oh, brilliant. Obviously, former Leeds player as well. So Yeah, look forward to that then. Job's good. You got that? Yeah, look out for that then on uh, Thursday. We're doing that, yeah. Yeah, I haven't told you this yet. I'm sound whenever, it's all right. And just as well, obviously we put this out as a podcast tonight. If you want to watch us, uh, we're oh, on yeah. YouTube. We're on YouTube doing this live, so you can interact, get your comments in. As a lot of people have done tonight, uh, just read out some of them before we wrap up today. Uh, David Snooker said, Cavaloon 21 in 31 under Angelotti for Don. That's an incredible return if he continues. Yeah. Um, player one, it's an interesting what formation he goes with against Leeds, considering they're strong in midfield, 3 5 2, perhaps uh, similar to the weekend. And Anne Marie said, if they let one in, I want to go in regards to, to Goodison. And player one, I said, 100%, just want to get back, walking up County Road, the smell of food and horse poo in the air, lovely. <laughs> I just, I just want to go to Chongqing for chips and curry again. That's all I want. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably still open that, you know, mate. You can probably just nip down now and get some, get some for your tea tonight. I don't, I don't know if they'll let me through the tunnel. I don't know if, I don't know how it works. Roadblocks <laughs> at the tunnel. Big, wouldn't it? Yeah, got your passport. Sorry, no. Got me uh, one. That do not. Oh well, we'll see. Leeds is going to be a very, very different test at the weekend. Yes. I'm a little bit terrified, but I'm looking forward to it all the same. So we'll preview that on Thursday. Uh, what else is coming up this week? Um, Monday shows on Blue Room Extra tonight. Uh, Dave, Ben, uh, South American football expert Simon Edwards and Connor O'Neill's on that. Subs weekly tomorrow, uh, me and the two Mikes so far, Mike the Asher and Mike Greenall. And then weekly on Wednesday is Jake Mills, Dave Downey and Sarah Alpin. So loads coming up. Lovely stuff. Right, uh, everyone have a good week. Uh, enjoy the glow of that win because it's it's nice now. It's all settled down and we're not stressed out. So uh, yeah. enjoy the rest of the week up the toppies. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this, but with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Sports Social Podcast Network.